watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, is that silence a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, hit in. Oh. touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between at a place that's just uh, downright magical, friends. You can take Harry Potter and all that magic and shove it where the sun don't shine. You can shove it in, um, oh boy, it's right on the tip of my tongue. What's, what's, what's the jail in Harry Potter? It's like the thing, I'll remember it in a minute here. I just, yeah, I botched that joke. That just <laughs> Azkaban, thank you, Azkaban, jeez. Can we just start the show over? Yeah, you can take all that magic and shove it in Azkaban because the magic is truly a QSportsTalk.com, ladies and gentlemen, where you can watch a radio show. <laughs> take that, Potter! Spelly almost my behind. QSportsTalk.com. You can watch a radio show. It's magic. It's just downright magic, friends. You can chat throughout that radio show that you're watching. You, during a... Radio commercial break can still get sports talk commentary and everything in between because we keep the camera on, we keep the microphone on, we keep talking to you. I mean, that is magic in and of itself. It's a show within a show. (laughs) Harry Potter. Oh, give me that. QSportsTalk.com is where it's at. So however you're taking in the show today, we appreciate that. We're glad you're here to be a part of it. It's Friday. Lot to get into on this Friday. Interesting football happenings surrounding the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the playoff spots and seeding that's on the line, the division titles that are on the line, the final weekend in the regular season of the National Football League. So the pick six awaits us later in the program and all that will come from that. All six picks focused on the National Football League as the college football national championship game is Monday night. Just one game left in the season. Georgia TCU on Monday, so we'll hone in on that. We are going to hone in on Syracuse and Virginia playing a basketball game tomorrow with a few things we'll discuss here shortly in the monologue. We've got a guest coming up today, first time on the show, for Brandon Osborne who does a great job covering all things Virginia for uh, Wahoos 247. Get his perspective on Virginia, 
why they lost to Pittsburgh, what kind of team this is. We'll kind of get into that before Brandon comes on, but he watches it and covers it day by day. So we'll get a Virginia perspective on this Cavaliers matchup tomorrow in Charlottesville. Programming reminder that we will be with you here on Syracuse basketball pregame at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock tip time, and then I believe postgame coverage. Uh, Jordan and uh, Josh. Josh is back today, ladies and gentlemen. Are we QSportsTalk.com only, I'd imagine, for postgame? But you know, we'll sort that out, all that out and tell you guys where to go and where to be after the game. But uh, before the game, I'll be with you here at 4 o'clock for pregame. Q Sports Talk only, right? There you go. I thought so because we've got the crunch hockey coming your way tomorrow night. So pregame right here on the radio and QSportsTalk.com. And then Brian Higgins and Eric Devendorf will give you postgame exclusively on QSportsTalk.com after the game. So we will get into that today. There's been a lot more on DeMar Hamlin and just the continuing outpouring and uh, just the news just keeps getting better day by day here. Think about what we were thinking Monday night and think about what we're thinking about here Friday afternoon and just an incredible week in a lot of ways, which we will get into hot takes and all the usual uh, football Friday festivities as well. Uh, on that note, though, with DeMar Hamlin, I did want to start the show with a message for our friend John Murphy. I mean, what more can come out of what's going on with the Buffalo Bills? So we've been certainly discussing, and the DeMar Hamlin story's been out there, and it's been incredible to see the outpouring of support for him. He's basically become America's son this week. Earlier this year, we learned that Kim Pagula, one of the co-owners of the Buffalo Bills has had some health issues. Certainly what that city has been through with the blizzards and the tops shooting and some of the things we covered earlier this week with DeMar Hamlin. And one thing that I knew about a little bit this week and, and became public today is our friend John Murphy, unfortunately, suffered a stroke over the weekend. Now, uh, he is expected to make a full recovery. The Bills put out a statement today about this and – all things seem to be pointing in the right direction, but much like DeMar Hamlin, and I know Bill's Mafia will put their full support behind Murph as they have with DeMar and just everything else they've had to go through, frankly, in life and in uh, in matters of people they know with their favorite football team. Murph, uh, folks, I don't think I can express how special he is to me. I've certainly talked about it on uh, the radio I worked with Murph with the Buffalo Bills Radio Network when I was privileged to be a part of that for three years. We've talked to Murph on this show once a week through this season. I know Murph. I've talked to him certainly since uh, in between those two things, off the air. I can, he's the best of us. I can't express to you how nice of a man he is, how professional he is, how accommodating he was to me when I was with the Bills Radio Network, and just what he means to Bills fans. I mean, that connection you make with a broadcaster, and you think back to Van Miller back in the day, and Murph is just the best of us. And, man, I heard that this week, and that that just with everything else going on, but certainly related to him. I mean, that, that took me aback a little bit. But thankfully, it seems things are going in the right direction, and he's going to make a full recovery, and uh, certainly he's going to be out for some a considerable amount of time here. Uh, can't wait to hear him back in the booth as soon as possible, but uh, his health takes top priority, much as it has with what we've been talking about with Tamar Hamlin and other people this week. And 
you know, we we kind of yesterday we made fun of New New Year's resolutions a little bit. We had some fun in the draft, and this is certainly something that you know it shouldn't be a New Year's resolution. But these incidents tend to remind you of these things and how precious life can be. That is something that is a lesson that gets emphasized in times like this, but it doesn't hurt to remind and put it back out there. And I don't want to get preachy on you here because some people are like, well, I do this every day. And if you do, that's amazing. But you really do have to appreciate those close to you and tell them that and express that to them. And I'm talking about family and friends and anybody that means something to you in that way. You know, right now, I'm sure so many of you listening are going through life things, right? But I'm just thinking about not only DeMar and Murph, but I'm, I'm just friends of mine that I was at a memorial service last night, a friend of mine that just lost their father. Uh, some coworkers of mine have lost parents this week. And just that continuing thing about life. And, you know, to hear Murph had a stroke, you know, I don't want to get into the details of this on the air, but somebody very close to me last year had a stroke and thankfully recovered and is just as back to normal as you can be after a situation like that. And, you know, knowing what you have to do in those situations and the signs you have to recognize. And much like with DeMar Hamlin on Monday, when someone is experiencing the symptoms of a stroke, time is critical. The time you have to recognize that and get somebody in front of a medical professional, I mean, that's everything. It's everything in that situation. So there's been so many crossovers this week between life and sports, and we go to sports to get away from life sometimes, but, you know, that's kind of a thin line that we straddle because inevitably you can't just escape it. They're going to butt heads once again. So to get that on top of everything else, it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm not even going to tempt fate we'll just address this as it comes but if you got some prayers left over and i know you do out there please please send uh, your best to our friend john murphy so while he recovers and again he's expected to make a full recovery we are thrilled and i'm so happy that eric wood is willing to step in for murph eric wood former buffalo bill he's the color analyst on the broadcast with murph He is going to take Murph's spot temporarily until Murph's ready to come back, of course. Uh, On this radio program, I know he's going to go on with our friends on K-Rock as well as we continue to, you know, analyze what's going on with this team and what's going to happen and what the playoff matchup's going to be and the matters of getting back to football through everything going on here. So uh, we're looking forward to that, but certainly thinking about Murph. And um, message to our friend Chris Brown, who is going to be on the play-by-play on K Rock, of course, he will do a spectacular job. He, I know Brownie, and he's he will step in and make that as seamless as possible. But you know, no one can replace Murph. So, Chris, you got big shoes to fill there, and you know it. But you'll do a great job. Okay. All that aside, thank you for indulging me on that for a few minutes. Let's switch gears a little bit here, and let's wake up the voice guy, and let us give you when I was. Kind of going through this Syracuse-Virginia matchup to a switch to that. There were just a number of things that jumped out to me. I don't always do this for basketball games. This fits for football every Friday. All right, here's five things you need to know, five keys to the game. And that was one of the fun things we did throughout the football season, right? And then we would kind of circle back and what were we right about, what were we wrong about when it came to 
you know, every Syracuse football matchup. And looking at this Virginia game, a lot of the same themes in that sense came out. So I, I figured we'd wake up the voice guy. He's ready to go, right? Number one. Shh, come on, don't doubt the voice guy. He's always ready to rock and roll here. And I thought that we would take a look at a few things in this Syracuse-Virginia matchup that really stand out to me. Number one, they're in a bad mood. Pittsburgh game, big one earlier this week. It followed the Syracuse-Louisville game. And Virginia, now this was at Pittsburgh, and the Oakland Zoo has come alive again. The Pitt fans have sensed it. It's a team of transfers. They're 4-0 in ACC play after that win. We'll see if they can continue it here. There's two months to go, so they've got to maintain this. But the Pitt fans came back in droves, recognizing that they had a pretty good team here. Second half, Pitt outscores Virginia 45-32, a 14-0 run. You know, Virginia lost by three. They were in it to the end, but they are steaming about this. We'll ask Brandon Osborne about this later, but it kind of feels like Virginia was embarrassed by the way they played this game, the way they lost this game, and they are going to be in a bad, bad mood on Saturday. That matters. Bouncing back, looking at Syracuse, sensing this is a team they probably can beat. They're going to have their crowd behind them. Like the emotions of these things, which Syracuse has to wade into with some young players, you can't teach that. You can talk about it, but until you actually know it, live it, and breathe it, and a very limited amount of players on the Syracuse basketball roster have done that, they're not going to be in a good mood. That's number one, and that's important. Number two. Virginia returns 91% of its scoring from last season. That is the most among all Division One teams. So here you have Syracuse, which went through the traditional means here. They've got a lot of young players in the lineup. You know, even a guy like Benny Williams, who's technically a sophomore but didn't play enough last year to really qualify as a basketball sophomore he's essentially a freshman you have a freshman point guard who I really enjoy watching and think can really do some damage but it's what I just said Judah Mintz doesn't know what he doesn't know I don't think he really appreciates how Virginia plays how disciplined you have to be how mistakes are almost you can get away with stuff against Louisville you cannot and will not against Virginia. So how he tightens up his game, how the, you know Benny Williams, speaking of which, Chris Bell playing a disciplined, physical team that lives and breathes rebounding, lives and breathes defense. There's a couple other stats that I'll get to here shortly about this team, but you know, I was just going through the Virginia game notes, okay? And when you go through game notes, it's it's a list of stats and trends, and here's what they did here, and here's what they did there. They put this in their game notes. Okay, I'm just going to read this to you here. Just to show you, like, even the sports information director is kind of filling out the game notes. Just so you know, this is who we are, and this is what we do. Okay? But I'll read you what's – give me a second here, just pull it up. But – I'm going through these stats, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not a stat. That's like a mission statement. That's like a philosophy that they kind of slipped in here in between all these numbers. So as you go through it here, 
you know, you got stats, like the one I just read. The Cavaliers returned 91.4% of scoring from last season, most amongst Division One teams. UVA returns all five starters from last year's team. Tony Bennett, this is an interesting note in this game, just needs one win to become UVA's all-time winning as coach. He'll surpass Terry Holland there. Jaden Gardner, one of 92% of their scoring coming back. One rebound, he becomes the only active player in Division One with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. And I'm like, hey, that's great, right? And I'm reading numbers and I'm reading stats. And then I read this. We play defense, take quality shots, pass the basketball, limit turnovers and transition points, rebound and play more defense. That's a mission statement. That's not a stat. That's not a trend. That's like, just in case you didn't know. We play defense, take quality shots, pass the basketball, limit turnovers, transition points, rebound, and then play more defense. Okay, now relate that to how this team has played at Syracuse. Rebounding, defense, grinding, commitment to the dirty work. There are some players out there that do that, but does that describe, in its honest heart of hearts, does that describe what Syracuse basketball is? Um, No. No, it does not. They're not there yet. They don't know what they don't know. So here you have yet another team that's still trying to figure out its way, facing a team that knows the way. They played a Notre Dame team, and they beat them. Not forget, but had a hard time and, you know, really went on the road and it was a heck of a game, and they won the game. But Notre Dame, six either seniors or grad seniors in the lineup. Pitt. A lot of experience, a lot of transfers, a lot of guys that have been around the block a few times. A couple other teams that Syracuse has played this year. But no one's got more experience in returning scoring with that philosophy than Virginia. So, yeah, gulp. Once they throw the ball up and play the game, they play the game. But Virginia is so good at taking you out of your game, which brings us to... Number three. Thank you, voice. And number three is this. UVA has held Syracuse to 69 or fewer points in each of the last 13 meetings. Now, Syracuse beat Notre Dame 62-61. Syracuse has played in some lower-scoring games this year by the fact they weren't shooting well or they were brought there by the opponent and managed to get by. This is not the the run-and-gun Syracuse teams of the 1980s and 1990s we're talking about here, but I still hesitate to feel like Syracuse can thrive in that situation. Virginia loves to grind you to death. And I'm thinking about what kind of team this is and if they can handle that. There are ways they can handle that, as we'll discuss. But Virginia, right now, and Virginia's never fun to play, but... With the way this, I mean, you're going to play them at some point, and you're not going to have your team 100% ready to do it. And they get Virginia again. So this might be the run-through for what the real matchup may be at the end of the month when Virginia comes back to the Dome. This one's in Charlottesville. But make no mistake about it, as much as I just spent the last 10 minutes you know, filling you with fear, this is an opportunity. 
Let's see what this team is, who they are, and how they stack up against somebody that will challenge every weak point that Syracuse has. It's patience, the way Virginia's actually shot the ball lately, uh, the way they defend, the way they rebound, the way they grind, the experience they have. Uh, Tony Bennett is 10-3 and against Jim Beheim, so there's a coach that's certainly not intimidated by, you know, the Jim Beheim philosophies that are out there and has actually, you know, outwitted the Hall of Famer in a lot of ways. If anything, it's as intriguing a matchup as it gets, and it would be a huge win, a huge win, if Syracuse can somehow play their best and figure out a way through that. But that is about as tough a test as it gets. And that's why I said yesterday, and I will reiterate today, The season starts tomorrow. And on that note, we will break. More on this game. Brandon Osborne later to give us that Virginia perspective on things. And so much to discuss as we go through the afternoon here. You're welcome to join the party at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. And, of course, the chat is flowing at QSportsTalk.com. You're on the block. ESPN Radio It's presented by Wildcat Pizza Pub back after this. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That it is, friends. Welcome back. Get to it, shall we? We've got six games. Big ones in the National Football League which we need to select. Josh made his picks of the week during the Q Sports Talk break, and now you will hear mine. We'll start in lovely Jacksonville. The Jags, minus six and a half. The Titans. Tennessee, 0-5-1 against the spread in its past six games, and 10 of Tennessee's past 13 have gone under the total, including three straight games. Over-under on this is 40. Winner take all AFC South on the line. The loser most certainly out of the postseason. The Jags have won four in a row. The Titans have lost six straight. The Titans are starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback while Trevor Lawrence leads the league in completion percentage since the start of November at quarterback for the Jaguars. The Titans have not scored more than 14 points in their past three games, while the Jags have only given up six combined points in their past two I am tempted to do the go-against theory here. I am tempted to take Tennessee to cover the 6.5, but I think the Jags cover the 6.5. They win at home. They win the AFC South. I'm just going to go with the obvious pick in that. Patriots, Bills, Buffalo minus 7. Over-unders 42.5. Win and in scenario for New England for the final wild-card spot. I don't think I have to tell you the emotional week it has been for the Buffalo Bills. New England is 0-4 against the spread against teams with winning records this season. Here's what I'm concerned about when we're looking at it from a pick standpoint. New England's defense. Buffalo's having, before all this week and everything that it entails happens, has been struggling to cover point spreads as of late. I think New England's got the defense to do it. However, I just think the emotion of the week being back on the field, the Bills getting healthier in key spots, getting after Mac Jones. I know what's on the line for New England, but how can you pick against the Buffalo Bills in any way, shape, or form in this game? Buffalo, minus seven over the Patriots. Detroit, Green Bay. Sunday night football matchup. The Packers are 17-9 against the spread. It's past 26 games as a home 
favorite. Now, the last time these two played, the Lions picked off Aaron Rodgers three times, only four times in Rodgers' career has he been picked off that many times in a game. Keep that in mind. Both these teams at some point this season lost five straight, yet the winner could become one of the rare teams to lose five straight and still recover to make the postseason. Detroit plus five. Give me the Lions to cover. I think Green Bay wins, but I'm going to take Detroit to cover for two teams with it all on the line here. It's an interesting game because the Giants really have nothing to play for. Philly's minus 14 in this matchup. Very likely the Giants rest some people here. Giants are 9-2 against the spread as a dog this season. They're 6-1 against the spread on the road. A win gives Philly the NFC East. Jalen Hurts is trending to play, and they have got to win this thing to get the division and get everything that seemed to be in line for them before they hit the skids the past few weeks. Gardner Minshew has not been on his game. It's a lot of points, no matter the scenario in the National Football League. I'm just going to take the Giants plus 14 to continue that cover trend and just it's a lot of points in a divisional game. Pride takes over a lot of things there, even with the Giants. You know, locked into the sixth seed and can certainly rest some key guys, but I'm just going to take the Giants plus 14 here. Ravens, Bengals, Cincinnati minus seven, over under 40 and a half here. Stakes of the game unclear earlier this week, but now with the Bengals AFC North champions, the coin flip scenario in play, everything we've been talking about in this game, Cincinnati has had a much tougher schedule than Baltimore, who's been without Lamar Jackson down the stretch. They've lost three of their past six games. We could see a rematch of these two in the wild card round. Baltimore has not been more than a three-point underdog the entire season. Since 2018, they're 16-3-1 against the spread as an underdog, including 6-2 against the spread without Lamar Jackson. Since week three, Baltimore is one of two defenses to hold every opponent under 30 points since the Ravens held the Bengals to 17 points in week five. Joe Burrow and Cincinnati have averaged the third most points in the league. But see, it, the key is the first part of that statement. Since the Ravens held the Bengals to 17 points in week five. Give me Baltimore plus seven on the cover in this one. Browns, Steelers, same division. Pittsburgh minus two and a half. All on the line here. Pittsburgh can still make the playoffs, but they need help. They need the Patriots. They need the Dolphins. ESPN FPI gives the Steelers a 15.6% chance to make the postseason. Your six straight Cleveland games have gone under the total, including all five Deshaun Watson starts. So the over-under on this is 40 and a half. But how can you deny the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they've been playing, the emotion that's there for them, avoiding the first losing season, under Mike Tomlin, I'll tell you how. You take Cleveland plus two and a half. That's how you take it. The Brownies finish strong. The Brownies take it home. The Brownies. Amari Cooper's been playing well. Nick Chubb's been playing well. Watson's getting into a bit of a rhythm here. This Cleveland team has a little pride going into the offseason, too. Maybe the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half. Cleveland, Baltimore, the Giants. The Buffalo Bills, Detroit, and Jackson. That's the pick six. We'll come back, wrap it up next. Rumor has it. We may hit the hard out. Don't go anywhere. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com.